Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and along with the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, we welcome you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Today, we will continue a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority. The current focus in this Through the Bible series is on the New Testament office of the teacher, and the current sermon has been dealing with the teaching itself, what the teacher should teach. We'll go back a minute for context as we rejoin Pastor Greg. If you have an NIV, it says in Matthew 28, 20, and teaching them to obey, observe, obey. There's that word again. There it is. Everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Everything I have commanded you. And Jesus gave his full teaching to the apostles, and the apostles have passed it on to us in their letters. So you have the Old Testament, the Gospels, the Epistles, the Revelation, right? The full, complete teaching of Jesus Christ. All things, everything, to become a complete disciple. Up above in verse 19, go therefore and make what? Disciples. That word disciple in the Greek means a learner, a pupil, to become a pupil, a learner of Christ Jesus, to learn from the Master. Learn God's will for your life. Learn the Scriptures, His commandments, and walk in the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Slaves to righteousness. This is the foundation of God's Word. The Old Testament points to Christ. The New Testament gives the fulfillment in Christ. The full Word now, we need to feed on and do and teach. There needs to be in the church, there needs to be in the church the teaching of the full word of God. Because when you don't have the teaching of the full word of God, that's when all the errors come in. And that's when people take a truth and they go off over here or over there, and that's when you have division. There needs to be that solid teaching that we become disciples of Christ Jesus. There are some that this word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, it's not enough. And they want to change it. And they want to manipulate it to make it what it's not. And we're cautioned to abide, to stay in the teaching of Christ. We've looked at it before. Look at 2 John chapter 1. Really only one chapter. 2 John, the one chapter. And if you look at verse 7... For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess, do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses, and some of your manuscript says, goes ahead or runs ahead, Whoever transgresses sins or goes ahead and does not abide, abide, continue, dwell in, stay in the doctrine, Didache, of Christ does not have God. 
He who abides in the doctrine, the teaching, Didache, of Christ, has both the Father and the Son. It's very clear. We have to continue in this teaching, in this teaching the apostles gave to us, that Jesus gave to them, the full word of God. Continue in it, dwell in it, and not go ahead to some other teaching. How many modern ministers will quote a scripture in the Bible to then make a point that is against the values and the teaching of the Bible? Right? They twist it. They like to use it because people like to hear a quote from the scriptures. It gives it legitimacy. It's like a good housekeeping seal of approval. But then they take it and make it something that's not. They're using the word of God. We're told to stay, abide, dwell in, like a house that you dwell in. Abide in the teaching, the doctrine of Christ. And the clear teaching is, if you do, you have the Father and the Son. If you don't, you do not have God. And verse 10, he says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, Didache, this teaching, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Verse 11. You see how important true godly teaching was to the early apostles and the church. This was not some literary work or conception to be played with or reinvented. You know, you have a movie remade. This is not, this is not something to be manipulated. This is the very truth of God. John had special events happen to him in his life. Remember, he was probably a very young man when Jesus called him from fishing and said, come follow me. And he saw all those miracles happen. He saw those people changed. He was there with Peter when Jesus was before the Sanhedrin. He was the only apostle there before the cross. He saw how Jesus died. He saw the empty tomb. He saw Messiah come through the door he saw Messiah up in Galilee. He touched him. He saw he was resurrected. God gave him a commission. He had a special call in his life. And this was his, the reality he knew. This was the truth of God. This determined eternity. You don't play with this. You don't rework it. You don't do a new production with your own interpretation on it. This was serious business. And if someone comes teaching a different teaching, preaching a different Jesus, don't let them in your house even or greet them because you share in their evil deed. That's why he's so adamant. Someone could say, gee, John is the, the apostle of love, right? This is my commandment, love one another. He teaches us love. First John, you love your brother, you love God. And yet he says, don't even greet them. Don't let them in your house. That's how important... True biblical teaching is to the church because if you corrupt it, if you contaminate it, if you muddy it, let it go for a few years. Let it go for one generation the church and see what type of church you get. See what type of teaching you get. See if anyone even understands salvation in Jesus Christ. How do you think some of the error came into some of the older churches? People were so different than us. You let anything go long enough and you don't make sure the teaching is accurate and correct. And it's going to apostatize. It's going to be heresy. It's going to be adultery. It's going to change. And then it's going to be a job to get it back to where it should be.
That's how important teaching was. Don't greet them. Don't let them in your house. If you greet him, you share in his evil deeds. So we must abide in the teaching of Christ, the foundation of the scriptures, giving to us the revelation of the truth of God. And yes, it's 2,000 years old, right? But that does not mean that the teaching, that's why there's that repulsion. I had it myself when I first got saved, the word doctrine. Because you start to think of the doctors of the church and stodgy, dull doctrine that's not alive. Just because it's 2,000 years old does not mean it's stodgy or it's dull or it's boring. It's not the thing of liturgies and creeds heaped in incense and tradition, old and repeated so often that, that it's lost meaning. And we know it's happened that way, right? And the teaching becomes something that's inscribed and no one even understands it. The Word of God, what does it say in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12? For the Word of God is living and powerful. Some of your translations will say alive and active. The Word of God the teaching of God, the doctrine of God, the logos of God is alive. It's living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive today. The Word of God, if taught properly, is living and active today. Look at the Lord's teaching in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, in verse... 34, it says, All these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them. So he taught them by parables, by illustrations, by stories. Verse 36, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares. You know, the good seed is planted, and the devil comes and plants the weeds, Right? And there's this parable of the tares. And Jesus answers them and says to his disciples, he's alone with them now, right? He says, uh, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. He goes on to talk about the harvest being the end of the age, right? And then you go down to verse 44. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So you have the first parable of the planting of the word of God and how the devil gets right in and tries to plant his false teaching. And God allows it to grow for a while until the end of the age, and then you have this separation, right? He'll send out his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So here Jesus speaks about eternal destiny. Some going to the kingdom of heaven, some going into eternal punishment. Well, that's not a popular thing to teach about today in many churches. And then he tells about the kingdom being so valuable that it's like you find the field and there's this wonderful treasure there, more than you ever could imagine. You'd go sell everything you have. Why? Because everything you have is nowhere near as valuable to what's in that ground, to buy that field, to own that treasure. And that's what the kingdom of God is like. Nothing we have is worth holding on to 
Rather, we sell it all. We loose it all because the value of the treasure we receive in the kingdom of heaven is so much more valuable. And then he says in verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. And when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The pearl of great price, the kingdom of God. Jesus gave all that we may be part of that kingdom. And we should understand how valuable that kingdom is. It is the pearl of great price for us. And then verse 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. And they bring it up on shore and they gather the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. Here it is again. And there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus taught over and over about the lake of burning fire, what we call hell. Now, here's what we want to look at, verse 51. We'll continue the message in our next broadcast. On our website at shiarjashub.org, you will find information about our church and a library of hundreds of Bible study radio programs to help you in your walk with Jesus. We live stream the Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, and then the video is posted up on the Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle channel, both on YouTube and Rumble.com, as well as on the church website itself, shiarjashub.org, and you can check Isaiah 7, verse 3 for the spelling.